Happy New Year, everybody. It is January 1st, 2019. Hope you all are having a great day um, and looking forward to this great year of 2019. We're doing our first podcast of 2019 on January 1st because this is the eve of basically where we started uh, this entire program 31 years ago on January 4th, 1988. Uh, was actually the first day of the, at that time, known as the North End of the Youth Services. Now, obviously, we're known as North End of the Youth and Recreation Services. To understand uh, where we are today, you really need to understand where we came from. We do a number of consulting jobs with uh, other communities that are interested in starting their own youth organizations. Some have modeled uh, directly from us. Some have just taken bits and pieces But the overwhelming thing is that every time a community comes to pick our brain and for us to share the wealth a little bit around what we've done, they basically want what we have now. And I'm very clear to them that you can't get to what we are now until you actually just start. And you have to start small and you have to start slow in a lot of ways. Um, And to understand that, we need to explain the history to these communities of how we actually started. What I've realized is over all these years is how many people in North Andover really don't know how this all started. Uh, Many of the people that were responsible for kickstarting this program are not even either alive or still in the community here. So for people that have moved here over the last number of years, it's a great story about how a community rallied around what they thought was a need at that time and then established a one-year pilot program to see if it could succeed and become a town department. Um, the reality is 31 years later, uh, we are bigger and uh, better. Um, we have really established and become pretty much the prototype for a municipal agency uh, for youth center. Obviously, communities have boys clubs, girls clubs, YMCAs, but not a lot of municipalities have the type of youth center we've had. So I want to take you back, um, take myself back to a long time ago where uh, obviously I was a lot younger and uh, the community was a lot smaller. Um, And it was in 1986 that a threesome of um, our juvenile police officer at the time, David Rand, still alive, lives out on Dale Street, um, along with the head of the, what was known at that time, the North Andover Board of Trade, um, similar to the Merchants Association that we do have now. Carrie Crouch was the wife of um, Selectman Ken Crouch. And the third person involved with that was Um, someone that's very well known in this town. She is our amazing town clerk for the town of North Andover, Joyce Bradshaw. But what people don't know is that Joyce Bradshaw at that time was the bank manager for a small bank, which is now on the corner of Sutton Street and Main Street, Artie's Corner there, was once known as the Community Savings Bank. And Joyce was the branch manager. The three of them, along with many members of the Board of Trade, had been running around an idea with Dave Rand about starting a program to work with, at that time, a term that 
was used uh, at-risk kids. Um, my personal belief is all kids are at risk. And um, when you know the job was proposed, it was to try to work with a lot of kids that maybe people weren't connecting with or they weren't connecting with people in the general population of the school department or in the community. So they had the vision that they wanted someone that could be a, a person that um, teenagers, boys and girls could go to to talk about you know the toughness of getting through adolescence um, but also be responsible for maybe running programs that weren't being run in town um, so they had this vision in 1986 that they wanted to start this. They initially went to the then town government, and the town government actually approved their idea without any funding. Uh, so basically they were not going to make this a town department until it was proved that um, there really was one, a need, and that it was successful. So from 1986 through late 1987, this group led by Carrie, Dave, and Joyce uh, were responsible for raising funds um, to uh, pay for the position as well as some expense money. Um, the first thing they did was approach the Department of Social Services, now known as the Department of Children and Family Services, and they got a $15,000 one-year pilot grant from the state to see if this program could kick off. The state would only give $15,000 if the Board of Trade, uh, in particular, could raise an additional $15,000. So the big three actually worked with uh, businesses in town, individuals in town, and they raised an additional $15,000 um, to hire somebody um, for this position. Um, at that point in time, the goal was to prove to the town that um, this was a vital program and that hopefully a creation of a youth department within the town. For people that don't know, at the present time in 1988, there was a very part-time recreation program that dealt with a small population of kids um, and did a lot more around um, some of the programs that we've actually incorporated over the years, such as children's shows on the common and Sunday night brook skating and Saturday morning basketball, some of the mainstays that would be being run by the then recreation director and um, that department. So basically the people said, you know, we want people that are going to work more with teenagers and work with some of the so-called at-risk kids. So they basically threw it out. Um, they advertised um, and uh, I actually applied for the job um, to get to that point. I got to kind of explain to you a little bit of where I was at that point in time. Um, I graduated college three years earlier um, with the intentions of being a lawyer. Uh, and as I tell the story to many kids these days, uh, being rejected for two straight years of law school ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, but as I was applying to law school and pursuing what I thought at that point that I wanted to do, I became a, a social worker at the Lawrence office of the Department of Social Services. Um, my job was pretty intense. Um, I was a caseworker. I had a, a large caseload. And then I had also worked in the intake department, which was investigating all kinds of 
child abuse, neglect. Um, and quite frankly, after a very short period of time, that job was a very burnout job. Um, so take it up to 1988, I'm looking uh, for possibly a change. I've decided that I really want to stay in working with kids. I think I'm pretty good at it. So I pick up the Sunday Lawrence Eagle Tribune back then, and uh, I see this um, ad for uh, North Anna was looking for a youth services director. Reality was uh, they didn't really say what they were really looking for. They were looking for someone that could work with kids and um, someone that could maybe come up with some innovative program and work with a lot of at-risk kids. Um, at DSS at the time was a North Andover resident, Tom Robinson. Um, I think Tom still actually lives in North Andover. And Tom was a business manager and I had gotten kind of close with him and he said, you gotta take a look at this job. This could be a great job if it grows, etc." cetera. Um, decided to apply for it. Um, really didn't think that this was probably something I would really even take if offered. Um, but the reality was I needed to kind of move on in a different area of um, social work. And uh, applied for it and uh, was called in for uh, an interview um, and then uh, was brought back as a finalist. Um, I knew I probably had a very tough time. The three finalists was uh, two people from North Andover and, uh, and myself who was not from North Andover. And uh, the community, Back in 1980s, um, it was thought of if you were not a townie, um, you probably wouldn't have a chance of getting this job. Uh, went through the process. Um, Joyce, Dave, and Carrie were all on the committee. But what I was impressed with was that they had an amazing group of about five high school and middle school kids. Um, and all due respect to the big three, uh, the best questions in the interviews came from the kids. And um, so I took the opportunity to ask them what they were really looking for. And I was pretty struck by what the kids were looking for in terms of what they felt North Andover needed and what the needs weren't being met. Um, I got really interested in the job after that interview, um, and in particular from those kids. Something that I've taken on 30 years later of always including kids in involvement with hiring people as well as when we built the youth center the kids input is is just huge um, so long story short um, I am notified in November of 1987 that um, I have been the selected first choice so I go back into my office at DSS and talk to my good friend Tom Robinson who's talking me into this job and um, I said, yeah, it's really interesting, but uh, they want me to take a $10,000 pay cut um, to take this job. And I actually thought, you know, that was just kind of ridiculous. Um, Tom actually kind of talked to me about that the long-term potential with this job would be worth probably taking a pay cut for a short period of time. So after talking to Tom, um, I had made the decision I was going to take this job. and. Uh, with the whopping salary of $23,000 a year. Um, the 30,000 that they raised was 23,000 for a position and $7,000 um, with obviously expense money um, to uh, run the program. So um, I gave my notice to uh, the state um, and it actually asked them if I could finish out the year there before I headed to North Andover. So um, 
I basically took this job at that point um, and I uh, had a very exciting holidays on what I actually wanted to do. North Andover did a nice job of um, doing an introduction with me in the beautiful red barn, um, which I don't think that night had heat or anything else. Uh, but a lot of people in the community came out. Uh, Board of Selectmen came out. Um, town manager at the point that time was Paul Sharon. Superintendent of the school was George Blaisdell, who had a great talk with him that night on what he thought the, the kids in North Andover needed also. So um, I was pretty excited to start. And um, basically on January 4th um, of 1988, I decided to uh, endark on my first day in North Andover. Um, it is a pretty comical story of my first day here. Um, I was told that my office was going to be on the um, beautiful second floor of the old red barn and that I'd be sharing the office with the part-time recreation director, Bill McAvoy. Um, so, I mean, I saw the, uh, the suite up there, which was literally a, a closet and a, a two desks and, uh, so I knew I had my work cut out for them. So I was told to be here at 9 o'clock on January 4th, 1988. And it was a snowstorm that day. Um, and I, uh, I got there at 9 o'clock and I went to the Red Barn and uh, the door was locked. Um, and someone was supposed to meet me there at 9 o'clock. And, of course, uh, nobody was there. Um, so I went out and sat on the uh, concrete benches right in the municipal parking lot there. They're still here today. And as the snow was coming down, I basically said to myself, uh, what did I get myself into? Um, didn't know what to do. Had one number, Carrie Crouch's number. So I went to the general store, and they had uh, back then, obviously, a payphone. Called the number. I said, Carrie, this is uh, Rick, and uh, can't get in my office. Um, and... She was uh, upset um, at the person that was supposed to be there, but she said, I, I got someone that's, that's gonna get you in. So I went back and sat on the, the concrete bench as the snow was falling, and then all of a sudden, a north end of a housing authority truck flew up Johnson Street and flew into the parking lot. And uh, out of the car, I was one of the largest men I'd ever seen in my life. Um, and that was the amazing Joe Walsh. Um, our football stadium is named after Joe. And Joe uh, worked for the housing authority, was very involved with the community center, and loved kids and sports. And he got out of the car with this biggest hand I've ever seen in my life and uh, shook my hand and then uh, threw out about a number of profanities of the person that was supposed to let me in. Uh, and then he found some key in his truck and let me open the door and uh, that's where it started and uh, we're actually in the red barn on the second floor for our first year before we moved into what was then the thrift shop next door on the second floor so when I started here um, my first year was to kind of figure out you know the community of North Andover not being from North Andover I didn't have a real feel for the community, um, but um, quickly I, I found how many people really wanted to be involved with trying to see if we could make this one-year pilot program work, and that was the deal. Um, the one-year money from the state as well as the money raised by the Board of Trade was for one year only. After that year, I would have to go in and appeal at the town meeting um, that this be established as a department 
And uh, that was that was a risk. I mean, the reality here was that, you know, if we didn't do well and the town didn't think that it was worth it, um, the program would have died after a year. And quite frankly, I'd be looking for another job. Uh, so I knew I had a year to kind of really push this push this through. Um, Carrie, Dave, and Joyce um, were very instrumental in establishing the first board of directors of the youth services at that time. Um, and obviously the great people like Joe Walsh uh, were involved with, you know, walking me through the process of, you know, getting to know everything here. Basically, I worked out of my truck at that point. Um, it was a lot of one-on-one -on -one work with kids. Um, and it was pretty much kids that the community had identified as, you know, high-ask-risk kids. Kids that, you know, in our first year, the reality was we, we actually hospitalized 18 different kids in my first year. Kids that needed to be in um, both for addiction, but as well as for mental health issues. Um, we had a number of different kids that... Um, we're dropping out of school that we ended up actually working with. Um, and obviously, we had a number of court-adjudicated kids that became very involved with us. So affectionately around town, I was known as the guy that was working with, uh, and there were illustrious names for this, but basically the kids that nobody else really felt they could reach. Um, George Blaisdell, our superintendent at the time, um, was very instrumental in me having an office at both the middle school and the high school. Um, then uh, guidance director uh, John DeFlumery at the um, high school was, was great as far as getting me involved with, you know, a lot of things that were going on at the high school. And the same down at the middle school with guidance counselors Mark Powers and Principal Neal down there. Um, so I actually was in the um, Red Bond second floor, obviously, hours after school and early evening. But during the day, I spent a lot of time with the school department, and it was, it was great. Um, it gave me access to a lot of kids that were obviously causing them a lot of problems. And we were actually able to start groups and, and different functions for the kids. Uh, early on, I knew that we had to not just deal with what people termed as the at-risk kids, that if this program was ever going to really make it, um, it had to be for all kids. So um, I kind of put a plan together that, you know, I'm going to work on a number of different programs. And in the first year, one of the first programs we implemented was through Dave Rand, who was our juvenile police officer. We um, worked out a great program with Lawrence District Court for any North Andover kids that were first-time offenders. Um, would actually come to me uh, for community service hours. We'd do a number of different things throughout the community. I would in turn get the kids hooked into counseling if they needed it, in some cases hospitalization. Um, and uh, that was a great program in terms of, you know, just getting a lot of the kids that other people just had real issues with and trying to, to make some real success with these kids. Uh, the second program we did was a program that was kind of starting at the time I was starting. There was a great man by the name of Bruce Butterfield, who we all obviously lost at a very young age. Bruce was instrumental with the North End of the Soccer Association, and he started a program called Teen Co. Um, he had three daughters, and they basically were saying there was nothing going on in North Andover on Fridays and Saturday nights. So Bruce came to me and said, listen, I want to help you you know, put on events that kids can go to in safe environments. Um, so that was the start of Teen Co. Um, 
We don't technically have Teen Co. anymore, but um, the equivalent would be our Friday night dances, our Friday night concerts that we occasionally do. Um, And uh, we just did a lot of things with field trips, uh, dances, and events. And that tended to bring in more of the Main Street population of the um, middle school and high school kids. Um, So now I'm starting to deal with all types of kids. Um, in North Andover. And then, you know, our third program was obviously coming from a a sports background um, and the fact that I was realizing real quick that sports is huge in North Andover. Um, So working with football coach Mike Kavanaugh at the time, uh, basketball coach Mike McVeigh at the time, uh, we started to implement a lot of different sports programs uh, in Drummond Park and, and elsewhere. So um, in the first year, we kind of did all of those programs as well as a lot of the counseling stuff I was doing during the day. Um, time went real fast, um, you know, and I remember as we headed into, um, obviously the first town meeting was only when I had been there a few months, so I really had a year and almost a half to, to make this happen. So as we head into um, the year 1989, uh, there was a lot of anxiety of whether um, did we do enough for the town to really buy into this? Did we did we you know did we actually reach the kids that we were hoping to reach? And I had a tremendous amount of support support from professionals as well as families and parents in the town. Uh, so as we went to that um, town meeting in 1989, um, we got up, we made a presentation. Our board of directors made a presentation, and then. I got the opportunity. Uh, at that time, the town meeting was held in the old North Andover High School gymnasium, and um, I got a chance to talk about everything that we'd done, um, not knowing what the reaction was going to be. And then, um, you know, when I was complete, um, they took a vote, and a bunch of people got up before the vote and spoke on behalf of what we we're doing, um, and we got a, a standing ovation and. Uh, Long story short is on that day was the creation of the North End of Youth Services as a North End of a town department. Um, so knowing that I had a job after one year um, and that the future was brighter, what we could do, um, we went on to year two, sec- second and third years of really kind of trying to establish um, you know, bigger programs, more programs. Um, I was still a one-man operation for the first few years. Um, but the reality was that we proved as a community um, that we weren't having our heads in the sand, that we were recognizing there were problems in our community, um, and that we were actually putting in, you know, programs and people that could actually help with that. Um, and then from there, you know, we, we grew. I mean, I think uh, when people see this beautiful building here, and we'll, on a future podcast, we'll actually talk a little bit more about um, how we actually got the concept of building a youth center and then seven years of actually raising funds. But each year we grew. Um, fortunately, I was able to increase staff. I became a two-person operation and then a three-person operation. We had some cutbacks each year. Sometime I went back to being a one-person operation, but obviously um, as we've moved forward here um, to what we are right now as a five full-time staff people, it's been pretty great. Um, but when you think back about the first year and, and prior to me even accepting the job, the people 
that believed in what the town needed. Um, and again, the big three of Carrie Crouch, Dave Rand from the police department, and um, Joyce Bradshaw <clears throat> from the Board of Trade. Um, they believed in this program. Um, it was a, a great decision by me of taking the job. Um, I tell people all the day it was a, a good and a, a scary and a, a, and a great thing. Um, when I asked them what the job description was, they basically told me there was no job description, that you were going to tell us what the job description was going to be. And on one aspect, um, coming from a bureaucratic state working position, it was exciting that I could actually implement the programs that I believed that would work. The scary thing is no job description. You really got to kind of <clears throat> start off by just hoping to have great ideas and and have ideas that people are going to be well received with that so you know um as i think back to those that first year um, one of the kids on that selection committee was matt mcgeary who was a seventh grader at the time and um you know matt's matt's children especially bowen has been actively involved with the youth center so you know you now see where you get to work with second generation and um have been here so long quite frankly we're in third generation with a couple of kids so um it's been a it's been an amazing run um i do believe that the community of north andover was proactive long before other communities were i know we uh sometimes take a second fiddle to andover on certain things but we definitely didn't in this area here and um you know we were actually able to implement by year we implemented four to five different new programs uh, along with all of the mainstays of those teen dances which still take place uh, the community service program which still takes place in a whole new format now <coughs> excuse me and you know obviously dealing continue with the lifeline of what we think this program is um, i don't think the community knows how much we work with kids and families around um, mental health issues addiction issues um, suicide issues. Um, there's a, a huge lifeline program that we do here. Um, and one of the greatest things was uh, at the end of that first year, we started this little program called uh, the Holiday Giving Program, which at my last podcast with Molly Malandrina was really all about. So, you know, we took an idea. Um, we kind of had a lot of fun of, you know, really trying to make this program be all inclusive with all kids. And, um, we still focus mostly on our middle school and high school kids, um, but I'm happy to say we deal with all types of kids. And going back to my original point, I think I think all kids and adolescents are at risk. I don't think that's necessarily geared to one specific group. I think that we've proven that all kids are at risk, and if we can, as a community, can help kids get through um, some tough times of being a teenager, which is a lot harder in 2019 than it was when I first started here in, in 1988. But again, many of the problems are still the same and uh, just just a whole different 30 year difference on some of these things. So as I, I wind down this podcast, I, re I really want to thank the, the town of North Andover uh, for believing in a pilot program, um, giving me the support that first year to prove that we could be a vital uh, department in this town. Um, I can't thank enough of those people. Like every time I see Joyce um, at the town clerk's office, and, and I know Joyce will be retiring shortly, um, but Joyce remembers when this all started. 
Uh, Carrie Crouch, um, sad for me this past year, her and Ken have moved to their, their island home. Uh, they're not in North Andover anymore. And obviously Dave Rand, um, you know, he's getting, getting along in years, but he's still out there on Dale Street. And uh, if those three didn't believe in this process, there, there would have never been any, any Rick Gorman in North Andover and any, um, any ideas for new North Andover Youth Services. So, like, when I tell all those communities, um, you know, who want to have what we have right now, um, I would have liked to have had all of that when I first started here, too, but that's just not the way it goes. You have to, you have to prove that there is a need for this. Um, you have to be able to put proactive programs. You have to have a passion in what you believe in. You have to love kids. You have to love kids and, and want to do things um, that can help kids get through difficult times in their lives, and I think we've really proven that. So we'll talk in, in future podcasts of uh, how the program grew after the year 1988 and 1989. Um, but I think as, you know, on this January 4th, uh, I will celebrate my 31st year here. Um, it's always great to go back and look at where it all started, where it all began, and um, the passion that was put into establishing my position, and uh, hopefully I made all of those those people proud by continuing that passion every single day. Um, it's been a it's been a great ride, and we still got a lot of unfinished business here. Um, we got some expansion ideas in the next five years. We have new programs every year. We have a growing staff and. Uh, I just want to say thank you, North Andover, and um, I'm hoping 2019 is a a safe and happy and healthy new year for all of our residents. And as we say with every podcast, too much passion is not enough passion.